Hello and welcome to this week's episode of PlayStation Unchained. The home of all your news, reviews and all that good stuff related to PlayStation. Uh, I want to apologise for last week, I wasn't able to record last Sunday. Uh, therefore the episode was dropped for the week. I'm sorry for everyone that listens in every week, but I just wasn't feeling well. Um, but we're back this week. Yay! And we're all back this week. Well... Well, I miss Tim. He's not back right now, but we have Alfonso. Hello, hello. Hey, Alfonso. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I've come to realize I, I have a serious addiction. Um, I got a new phone. Yay. Yeah, I went back to Samsung, so now I got the S20 Ultra. That, and that was a very expensive phone to purchase. Isn't it $2,000? Uh, with tax, I end up spending... Fifteen forty-five and twenty-six cents. Oh, nice. One thousand five hundred forty-five. Yeah, but uh, it was mostly for the cameras, and they're decent, a little better than iPhone. It still has some problems with autofocusing and and like the white balance. The Samsung said they was gonna, you know, update it, but I haven't received the update yet. But so far, Shannon loves it. So yeah, it was mostly for the cameras. Yeah, I only know because one of the uh, Docom people I watch occasionally, it's like, I bought this for Dokkan Battle, and it's like a $2,000 phone. I'm like, why? It doesn't need it. It's Dokkan Battle. <laughs> it's like me buying my laptop just to play, I don't know, Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was how the phone, though, by the way? I'm not a big... I only buy Sony phones because I'm a Sony fanboy, but still. I mean... I, I feel they added stuff that wasn't necessary, like the AK video shooting. Like, yeah. no, there's no, there's no, there's not a lot of AK stuff that we can view it on. So I feel that's pointless to put it on a phone. But, I mean, other than that, it's a good phone. But I, I feel I'm not going to keep it long because come September, I'm going to go right back to iPhone. I feel like I've been doing that like the last four years, just switching every six months between iPhone and Samsung. So I'm going to use it. As much as I can until September comes, but overall, I'm enjoying it. I I do I can't say that I like texting it. I like texting on it better than iPhone. It just it just feels better to hold, but it's it's not as stable in terms of iPhone in terms of like um. Uh, what's the word? Consistency, because you know iOS. Yeah. They're they're their own ecosystem, so. They don't get as much bugs, so I, I I see a little hiccups then and then, but it's not frequently. So other than that, yeah, this is a good phone. Nice. No, I Sony released a new phone this year, new one of the Z series, which is what I've got. But I don't see much of a difference in the two for me to bother investing in it. The only difference is it supports five G, and the old one doesn't. And considering oh most God, places yeah. don't have 5G here anyway, I can wait. I turn off 5G because that thing kills my battery. That and the 120 hertz refresh rate, I, I leave that off because that drains the battery too quickly. Yeah, so, see, I'm yeah, the... weird. I got my phone support has a 4K screen built in. The actual phone mm -hmm. is 4K. Um, I have the it has the ability to upgrade all the video footage to 4K. And that kills the battery, nice. but I still do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you pay for it. You better use yeah. the feature. Yeah, it's a twenty. It has a twenty-one by nine screen, so it's designed for videos to watch videos and stuff. Nice. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, no, I I will probably get the next Sony phone in a year or so if there's enough of a difference. Or I might yeah. just wait till foldable phones become more of a thing because I do like the idea of them. Yeah, they're nice. It's just technology is not advanced just yet. I like the concept of foldable phone because I like watching a lot of videos and stuff on my phone. So the idea of holding, you know, having a small phone and then flipping it out like the old school, but actually not without the crease and like both sides of yeah. phone, not just yeah, yeah, a phone at the top and buttons at the bottom. Uh, anyway, Gary, while we're talking about phones. Yes, Gary, I am a phone. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, explain so much. <laughs> My uh, automated responses. Beep boop. <laughs> Hello. If you want to talk to Gary, press one. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. Uh, just like all automated services, you just press every button and the game, the phone gets confused, and you just go to a real life person and. Oh my god. <laughs> That's how you skip the automated lines. You just press everything. Is that how it works? Yeah. Fun hacks with chili. <laughs> Fun hacks with chili. Oh god. Uh, yeah, remember, kids. If you Remember, parents, if you, there's a little. I was talking to this before the show, but there's a little, <laughs> like, warning going around England that I found out recently. Might be a year or so old, I don't know. I saw it on a YouTube channel called Some Ordinary, <coughs> Sub or, Some Ordinary Gamer. Uh, I've been watching his YouTube's, his videos a lot actually recently. It's pretty good. And he's like, oh, not one, of the, one of the warnings was number four. Discord is a popular communication platform used to share hacking tips. So if you're, you find your kid using Discord... Then don't really worry because it's mostly used for gaming. Why, why is this a worry, stupid police? Anyway, Gary, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, been sick this week, so that hasn't been fun. But I've heard uh, you've been really enjoying that game. What? I can't well, say the podcast is going to go up on Wednesday, right? So technically, I can't talk about it. Oh, that's good. Yes. I was just going right? to blank it out any time I said the actual letters of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Right? Yeah, so, oh uh, yeah. No, I've been playing uh, Neo 2. Nice. All week, and it's been awesome and exciting and frustrating, as you would expect, from a game like that. But mostly very positive, positive thoughts from that game. Oh, yeah, I was tempted positive. to download the early, like the... The trial, but I never did. The final trial. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not your type of game, Ben. I nah. can tell you that right now. <laughs> it, it's like the Souls games. Hey, I, like, um, I don't mind them. I just get, <clears throat> see, I like the combat Souls. I just get lost. Well, this one, you won't get lost because it's mission-based. It's not like a big That's open good. world area that you just pick see, where yeah, you want See, to Souls I can play, and if you put me in front of the controller, I can do the combat. I just never work out where I'm going, so... I get yeah, well, the thing with Neo 2 is they add a lot of things to it. Like, you obviously pick whatever weapon you want. Um, <clears throat> they have some really cool ones like uh, double tonfas, 
which is pretty cool. Uh, dual swords, um, spears, giant battle axes, enormous swords, things like that. But they're all real weapons. They're not like fantasy weapons that you never saw people using. Um, but yeah, they also have a cool thing like stances. You have three different stances, a high stance, mid stance, and low stance. And each one has its benefits. Obviously, you would expect like the high stance is the, the hardest hitting, but it drains the most stamina. Whereas the low stance, you get a lot more attacks with it, but they're a lot weaker. Things like that. Um, so I don't know if you'd enjoy it, to be honest. Um, I love it. I think it's easily, in my opinion, the most accessible Souls games there is. Um, and it's funny because like, I'm writing the review for it right now. And people will be able to read it before they hear what I'm saying. But like... It's hard to talk about games like this and call it a Soulsborne because I hate calling it a Soulsborne because I don't feel like it should be the name of the new genre, but I do feel that that type of game, like the Souls games, created a new genre. And we just haven't really given it a real name. Like Resident Evil gave survival horror its own genre, even though it really wasn't the first survival horror game. How about we call um, it rogue survival <laughs> rogue survival like even that a, a rogues like game even got its own genre as well yeah. because of the type of game it is but we have this souls like game now like these super difficult games where if you die you lose all your shit and you got to go back and get it stuff like that arcade mode <laughs> arcade mode <laughs> But but you know what I'm saying? Like we have there hasn't been a proper genre name given it to it, so yeah. people just call them Soulsborne. And a lot of people get upset about that because you're comparing it essentially to a Souls game, which in my opinion, Neo is less of a Souls game, and I actually like to more compare it to Ninja Gaiden instead when it comes to the difficulty of the game. Um, for those who played Ninja Gaiden would know that Ninja Gaiden is a very difficult game. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would rather compare it to that because it feels more like that. It's even made by the same team. Um, but it has a lot of mechanics of, you know, yeah. from software Souls games. Uh, so I, I talk about it in my review and I talk about how this is a new genre, whatever you want to call it, you know, a Souls-born genre or a high heightened difficulty RPG. I wish there was a name to refer to it to, but as of right now, Soulsborne is kind of what what we have. We don't have an official, you know, genre. Even Twisted Metal created its own genre with Oh yeah. Uh the car destruction style. Yeah, uh, what is it? Car car combat car genre. Combat. Yeah. So a lot of games created genres, you know, like I said, Resident Evil you know technically alone in the dark created survival horror but it was never really a genre until resident evil really yeah. came out and, and they gave it a genre for it you know and now it's used everywhere so hopefully there's going to be a proper term for it now i don't know who decides what a genre is or officially is called but arcade mode <laughs> arcade <it> <laughs> what arcade games were used to loosely designed to be Difficultly spiked, so to force you to put more money in. Well, yeah. Well, that's every arcade. Every yeah. arcade is, forces you to do that. That's how they uh, made all their money. Yeah. Therefore, Souls, it, you don't put money in, you put time, which is even more expensive than money. 
But yeah, no, like, obviously, Neo was on PlayStation Plus, so if you have PlayStation Plus, you have it in your library if you decided to grab it and play it. Um, I uh-huh. recommended Neo. I, I loved Neo to the point where, uh, if you read my review, I gave it a 9.5. I called it the closest thing or to a perfect game, which I stand by that very much. I still love that game. I can go back to that game whenever I want and remember exactly how it plays. I absolutely adored that game. And I do felt like it was very close to perfect. Um, Neo 2, uh, I feel exactly the same way, except now I feel they literally addressed every issue that I had with the first game, uh, especially when it came to the skill system, where it was very cumbersome to learn it in the first game because how the menu was and the fact that you had to learn crappy moves that you never wanted to use in order to get to the moves you wanted. They've addressed all that. They fixed all that. Now there's a whole skill tree system, uh, which is really cool. You get points depending on the weapons you use. So the more you use a specific weapon, uh, the more points you get with that weapon. There's like an imaginary EXP bar for that weapon that you use. Um, So the more you use it, the more points you get and you can spend those points in the skill tree. And another cool thing this time they did where they didn't have in the first one where you can actually select. So the skill tree is this big giant scroll and it starts in the center and you can expand it to to have to whichever direction you want. There's four directions you can go. So there's three directions for each stand. So high, middle, low, and then there's another direction where it's just, like a benefit for all three or like an overall stance thing. Um, so you can, it, it really allows you to set up your character and build your character to your play style. So if you use the high stance a lot, you can get all the high stance moves that you want to benefit it. Um, even including things that lessen your stamina usage of the moves, things like that. So it's very streamlined that way now, which is awesome. But yeah. So, um, yes. Not to mean to cut you off, Gary, but do you know? Um, does Neo Two have the same mechanic from the first one? If you play it over and over, you get different endings, or did they change that? Uh, that I'm not 100% sure on, because I haven't gotten to the point where I can beat the game twice yet. <laughs> okay. um, the game is very long. There are a ton and ton of side quests. What's cool about the side quests this time is they actually uh, expand the overall story. So this time, like, you'll encounter characters in the story, um, which is a prequel, by the way, uh, to the first game. It actually takes place uh, during the 1555 era. So this is taking place uh, during the big war where Oda Nobunaga was trying to unify Japan. Uh, and that whole war that happened there between all the clans. So it actually takes place before Neo 1, where for people who played Neo 1, it takes place after Nobunaga's death and all the stuff that happened there. So here you actually get to play through all these incredibly historical battles, but through more of a fantasy setting, obviously with the yokai. Yokai are essentially demons. But you get to encounter all these characters that, you know, were retainers, as they called them back in the day, uh, which were pretty much uh, 
essentially servants to Nobunaga. They were part of his clan. Uh, you get to encounter all a lot of these characters through the story, but you don't really know who they are unless you obviously know the history of Japan. Uh, but a lot of these side quests focus on these characters. Like you go do the side quests, like they'll ask you to do these side quests for them, and you get a lot of backstory for them. Like a lot of people don't know about uh, the samurai who came from the West who served Nobunaga. He was an African American slave, um, and he was one of the greatest warriors that uh, served under Nobunaga. Um, and Nobunaga was a guy who didn't really discriminate against, you know, race or uh, sex. As long as they were useful to him in some way, he welcomed them and he let them fight for him. Uh, so you actually get to experience that character and you actually get to fight him and see how badass he is in that game. Um, so it's really cool stuff like that. Uh, that, that the side quests have. There's also now stuff where you can't access specific side quests until you complete other stuff in the story. Um, it's a very long game. Uh, but as far as what you're asking, Alfonso, I'm not sure because I think because it's a prequel, it has to follow certain rules of a prequel. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if it has that. But this time, you actually get to make your own character. You don't get to play as a specific character. So you can make a male, female change their appearance, whatever. You actually play uh, a half-breed, as you would say. So your character is actually half-human, half-yokai. Um, yeah, so you get really cool abilities now with the, with the yokai, where you actually have a special counter now, which helps a lot. This is one of the things they addressed from the first game, where there's a lot of moves in the first game that enemies did to you that you could not block. <laughs> or even dodge, you were forced to take the hit, which was another kind of negative, I, I would say, about the game. This time, they allow you to counter these moves with your yokai counter. I believe it's called a shift counter, I think it's called, where you actually transform into the yokai, and you can actually do a counter based on the move that the enemy is doing. And you know that move when you see like a red and white, grayish smoke appear around them. That means they're doing this move, and you can actually counter it which completely depletes the enemy's stamina bar or the key bar, which is really cool. But you actually get soul cores is what they're called now. So when you defeat yokai, you get their soul. And uh, you can combine, you can like soul fuse is what it's called. If you get like multiple ones of the same type from the yokai, you can fuse them to make them stronger, but you can equip them and you can actually transform into that yokai and do a specific attack of that, yokai that you that you have equipped uh so like the cyclops that you fought in the first game they're back in this one and you can actually transform into them and do like some crazy like three-handed punch that does ridiculous damage now um it's just another thing they added to to help you through the difficult fights and i will say neo 2 is a lot more difficult than the first game um but they now give you a lot more tools to help with that difficulty so, yeah. Any other questions? No, that was it. Because I, I remember <laughs> you asking that um, you got a very better experience when you was, when you played over because of the different endings. So I was wondering if they brought that back. But yeah, that was it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure on that yet because I obviously need more time to get through it a second time. Um, but, yeah, the game is very lengthy. 
Um, there's a lot to do in it. Uh, they did improve on some stuff and they nerfed a little other things. Like for those who remember the first game, the magic system was overpowered as hell. If you win with a magic build, you can breeze through the game like there's no tomorrow. Um, they've nerfed that a little bit. It's still magic is still very powerful, but there's a lot more, I guess you can say consequences to using it where the casting time for spells is a lot longer now. Um, imbuing your weapons with a specific element uh, as a longer animation now. So it leaves you open to some stuff and you don't get to use it as much. You don't get as many, uh, what's it called? Uh, capacity units for it. Um, whereas oh. ninjutsu, which is one of the weakest things that people went with, uh, has been heavily improved. Uh, it's one of my three character builds I have. Like, there's three things I focus on when I play the first Neo, um, which was magic, um, fast attacks, and power attacks, or key damage attacks, which was my build in the first game. This time, I went with my key damage, which I had in the first game. Uh, I went to the dual swords instead of a spear. A spear is what I used mainly in the first game. I went with dual swords this time. But I also went with ninjutsu as my third one. Uh, because ninjutsu this time, they've improved it so much where it's actually quite fun to use. And they've given you a lot of cool new things so you can create this giant bomb that he hurls or the character hurls into the air and it explodes and it drops a whole bunch of little bombs all over the area and also spreads shrapnel everywhere. So you get like triple attack with one move, which is really cool. Um, but ninjutsu has been heavily improved to, to make things a lot easier for people who want to cool, use those cool moves um, that, that the ninja, ninjas have, like shurikens, smoke bombs to distract enemies, things like that. Um, so, yeah. That's cool. Now they, they've really listened to a lot of the feedback that they got, especially from the first game and especially from the betas as well. Like when I played the first beta, I thought the game was way too easy. I was like, this is easy as hell. Um, but now they've listened to the fans, and obviously they made it a lot harder. Um, even the boss that I fought in the first beta was, I thought, very easy. But this time, when I fought that same boss in the final game, I right now I feel it's the hardest boss that I fought so far. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's a heavily improved game. Uh, I can't really say the score right now because I haven't really decided on a score yet uh, as I'm writing the review. Uh, Sounds to me like an eight. (laughs) 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 (coughs) Oh man, that's awesome. But like I said, I gave the first game a 9.5 and I say this one is better. So expect a very high score. So Uh. Okay. I, I, I can easily say, obviously, there haven't been a lot of games out this year so far, but it's the first game of the year contender, for sure. Well, yeah, there hasn't been really... Well, everything got delayed, so... Yeah. Next <laughs> like, competition you know, is I... Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, the next one. No, Doom Eternal, I would say, is the next one. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of high praise, so... But yeah, it's obviously, this is going to probably be... Uh, you know what? I, I'll just straight up say it right now. I think... 2020, video game-wise, is probably going to be the hardest and most 
growing and competitive game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Competition. Because if you look at what's going, like I already said, Neo Two, I feel is a very good contender. Doom Eternal may be a good contender. That yeah. might be a sleeper hit. Final Fantasy VII Remake. As much Animal as I, Crossing. I hate to say it, but as much as I love Final Fantasy VII, I don't think it deserves it. <laughs> no, well, we'll I, see, though. We'll see. But no, I just... Because yeah. uh, I guess it's a complete remake, but I'd rather it go to a game that's new. No, maybe. But you got you got Animal Crossing coming yeah. out. You have Resident Evil 3, Last of Us 2, Ghost, Ghost of, of Tsushima. Shihima. I mean, you even got Halo Infinite at the end of the year. If that's going to be good, we don't know yet. Um, and that's just stuff we know of. Who knows what else is going to come that we don't even know of yet. Dreams is a good contender oh, yeah. right now as well. Um, a lot of perfect scores there. Uh, like this year is just going to be ridiculously competitive for game of the year. I feel bad. Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. It's coming uh, out in so, September. I hate to say it, but Cyberpunk's probably going to get it. <laughs> I really hate to say that. Yeah, like it's just the most ridiculously competitive year okay. right now. Um, this year is going to be insane to see what happens. So well, that's how it is with yeah. the end of generations. At the end of generations, there's always like what that one year that has everything. Because it's that, that people finally finished wrapping up and know what they're doing with the consoles. So you have got that mm-hmm. one last year where everything's just like boom, everything. Yeah, but the amount of heavy hitters this year is. Whew. And for Sony to close out the year with probably their biggest franchise at this point with The Last of Us. Well, no, just um, think about how many heavy years Sony are dropping this year. And anyway, not just ending with Last of Us, the fact that you got Final Fantasy VII, Ghost of Tsushima, and Last of Us in one year. In a, in a few months and, apart. And, and Neo 2. Neo and 2 Neo is 2. a Sony interactive game. Oh, yeah. That's a Sony game. That's exclusive to PlayStation. So yeah, Neo 2, Ghost of Tsushima... Final Fantasy VII, Last of Us, too many games Last, all at once. Last of Us to Dreams, yeah, Dreams as well. I mean, yeah, people have been playing Dreams since last year, but the final releases came out recently. So yeah. to say that Sony has really nothing, like everybody wants to know PS5, it's like, what's the point of them talking PS5 when they have still yeah. Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima coming out? Which already look like next-gen games, in my opinion. The thing is, though, so. th- this is the reason why they're probably doing it, because they don't want to hurt the sales. Of course not. And I, yeah. I, I totally see why. Hell, they even have Predator Hunting Grounds coming out. Yeah. That's a PlayStation exclusive as well. Yeah, and there's also <laughs> an, there's a beta coming out at the end of the month as well. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not PlayStation exclusive, it's on PC. Well, PlayStation console exclusive. Yeah, console. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's on PlayStation and the Epic Store. Because I'm probably going to download yeah. the demo on Epic Store. So. <laughs> uh, by the so, way, yeah. while we're talking about PlayStation, I've renewed my Plus because I found out Sonic Forces is free this month. It is. Yeah, Sonic Forces and Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. So, a really good month again for PlayStation Plus members. I care mostly about Sonic Forces because I've always wanted to play that. So, I've renewed my plus for Sonic Forces. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? But obviously, but Shadow I of the can Colossus make my own C character. Please, let's do. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't played Shadow of the Colossus when it came out on the PS2, and then you didn't play it again on the PS3, 
um, you have no reason not to play it on the PS4 now because that remake from Blue Point is like a natural PS4 game. Yeah. Like you would never have thought that game was made on the PS2 with how well they remade that game. Or remastered it, I should say. Like I said, it's a complete remaster. They redid the textures and stuff, didn't they, as well? Oh, they, they remastered the whole thing. They easily yeah. could have called made it a remake, but it was a remaster. And well, yeah, people were very confused until they actually got released. Mm-hmm. Because they did such a good job, you never would have known that was a PS2 game. They redid like all the assets for that game. And it looks and plays phenomenal. So definitely, that's Team Ico's... I guess treasure gem, as people call it. That was people say yeah. that's their greatest game. Um, the Last Guardian was the last one that they did, but I feel like all three of their games were great. Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Wait, and what the do last you call Guardian, it? So. I call it Eco. I know people call it okay. Ico. Okay, good. I say Eco. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's no, fine. Just making sure. Just yeah, like sorry. me when I call it the the, the SNES. <laughs> Some people call it ISO. <laughs> oh god! Oh yes, my favorite video game, ISOs. That sounds like a. We were talking about cereal before the podcast because there's cafes in England that just serve cereals. And that, that's that to me sounds like a cereal. <laughs> sounds like a sugary cereal hoop thing. Morning ISOs. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> It's another great month. Um, I wonder what they'll do next month. Like they, they seem to have a theme of stuff. Like They give you Sonic Forces because I guess the movie came out and Sonic's 30th, I think, anniversary it is. It's probably going to be yeah. Final Fantasy VII. They'll give you the Final Fantasy VII remaster for yeah. free? I mean, that'd be cool. I could see it. I think Square should offer that if you bought fucking the remake, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> Look, I only paid two hundred. Like pre-order bonus. I only paid two hundred sixty-five pounds <laughs> for my remake. I only paid two hundred sixty-five. It was on sale last week for I think seven ninety-nine. Yeah. So yeah, I it can could... see it being free. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be okay with that. But yeah, they they seem to have a theme with what's going on. Yeah. yeah I mean, who knows? We'll probably get the Last of Us. Wait, we got the Last of Us remastered on PS Plus, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did already. Did we get the DLC though? I think it came with. I think the remastered comes with it. So. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah. I know I have it. It, it was bundled with it. The Left Behind DLC, or whatever it's called. I think it's called Left Behind, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know what's funny? Because I actually just realized this like last week, but we didn't have a podcast, so I didn't yeah. say anything. But like everybody's talking about like what Bluepoint is working on, and it's like their big massive project. Who's to say they're not like straight up remastering like they did Shadow of the Colossus, like The Last of Us, eh. the first one? <laughs> I don't think like so. completely notary remaster like that, like they did with that game. I could see it. Nah, I don't know. I still want it to be Siphon Filter or uh, Cooler World. Yeah, remaster Cooler, Cooler World. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> you played a bull that. You rolled around on squares collecting things. Oh, game of the year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Everybody wants to play a ball rolled around. Does it use the gyro controls with the PS4 too? That was on PS1. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Don't you hey, remember the well, great game Cooler yeah, World? Yeah, they, they, they should just remaster Intelligent Cube while they're at it. Oh, 
I would buy they that day one. Hey, they thought it was good enough to put on the PlayStation Classic, so why not? Fair, it was the PlayStation Classic. It was a good game. It was a great puzzle game. Yeah, and I brought, I brought it up once, and you're like, what's that? I never heard of that. And I'm like, IQ. That's because you called it something else. Intelligence Cube. <laughs> what oh, was no, it called? Karushi. Karushi. Yeah, see, you called it something completely different. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, Karushi. Called something else in the UK. So yeah, remaster Cooler World for me. Why don't they just remaster the 7-Up game too? <laughs> oh, Cool Spot. <laughs> yeah. That was good. But they screwed it with Cool Spot Goes to Hollywood, the sequel. Oh my god. You know, Ben, I think every game on the Sega Genesis was good because they're all the same game. <laughs> What's the <laughs> Sega Genesis? Oh, the Mega Drive. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 My bad. Look, I think America was the only one to call it the Genesis, so. It's not our fault. Anyway, I put a picture of Cooler World in general chat. If anyone that wants to I'm look so it up, happy. Google up Cooler World. Wow. Look, you played the That's ball and you go collect coins. And you had a timer. You played a beach ball. <laughs> yeah. Remaster this on PS5, please. Ah, Gotta collect fruits. But no, I was going to talk about the Ghost of Shima in a bit anyway, because I actually got an article up about the release date. Yes, we got a release date. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, Okay, so it will be June 26th. There is multiple different versions, of course, as always. You got your digital deluxe edition, which includes a skin set, the charm of Hachiman's favor, one technique point, and the samurai PS4 dynamic theme. You also get a mini art book by Dark Horse and Director's Commentary, and there'll be two physical editions, which include the special edition, which has a steel book, which I just realised our um, article is spelt wrong. Uh, the article says it's got a steam box. Um. <laughs> so we've got a steambok a hero Toshimi mask a sword skin, a charm of Hachiman's favour one technique point, commentary and a digital mini art book uh, the closet edition well, it, we get you get a mask which you can't wear which sucks uh, but it does have a special number underneath it so you can say look my number's 69 uh, and that comes with a steel bookcase a 48 page art book all digital content listed above, plus a world man printed on cloth. So, the Clutter Edition doesn't come with your famous Stinbok, but it does come with a steel book. Um, the Clutter Edition is $170. Alfonso, any, any of those sound fancy to you? Do you want the special edition with the Stinbok? <sighs> Not the Stinbok, the steel book, yes. Um, as far as this, as far as the release date, I'm shocked. I was not expecting June. I was thinking August. My in my mind, it was pictured August because usually August is a sweet spot because you know from like September, November is always sports games, Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, and some special exclusive in November. But knowing that Cyberpunk is in September, yeah, I'm I'm happy that Ghost is coming out in June because that that'll give me enough time until Cyberpunk comes out. 
what about you, Gary? Are you going to get a STEM book, or are you going to get the normal edition? Uh, I'm actually going to get the normal edition. I think the box art they chose is phenomenal for the normal one, and the steel book that I, I'd rather not get it ruined. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, I think that the box art of him standing there with the white flowers and the red ones falling through, I always wanted that to be the box art, and I'm really glad that he actually went with it. Um, it looks fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, normal is fine for me. Uh, there, nothing in the collector's edition really interests me. Like, I don't care for the mask. Like, if it came with a badass samurai statue, that'd be a different story because I love samurai. <laughs> so, definitely that. But, yeah, it just comes with stuff, like, I really have no use for, like a cloth map, uh, a war banner. What am I going to do? Hang that up? Nobody's even going to know what the hell that means. You know, wrapping cloth? What am I going to do with a wrapping cloth? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, physically, there's no nothing really physical that I, maybe the art book I would want, but I can always buy a, an art book of games on Amazon easily. Yeah. They always really, so. or eBay, you can always find it on eBay. Yeah, so like like I said, if it came with a cool samurai statue, I would go for it. Uh, or if it came with a replica samurai sword, no. What am I going to do? Pretend to stab somebody with it if they rob my house? <laughs> Look, I've got... They're going to say, oh shit, that dude's a samurai. He knows how to use a samurai sword. Well, I have, plastic a, a, and shit. I, I have a full-sized <laughs> metal buster sword. Good for you. I have a frail. <laughs> a real-life frail. I can't swing that thing because it weighs like 70 pounds. Yeah. I think the chain is going to snap off and Yeah, the me. sword is bigger than I am. It's like, <laughs> the sword is about 5 foot 6. So yeah. This is kind of like a trend with Sony collector's editions, though. I never feel yeah. like they make collector's edition that I really want. Um, like their physical offerings to me are never really that spectacular. Um, like I think the Last of Us Two one looks cool. Let me check it out really quickly. But then again, yeah. it's super pricey. It's like $270 for a statue of Ellie sitting on a stone playing a guitar. Like, I also kind of know from the last time I bought uh, Sony Collector's Edition was God of War 3 and it came with that Kratos statue. Um, I think it was a Kratos statue. Is that God no, of War? no, that was Ascension. No, Sorry. God of War 3 came in the... Um... Pandora's box. The Pandora's box, which was, was the worst quality box design I've ever experienced. I li I um, liked it though. I liked the idea. I bought one while I was in America. <laughs> no, I when I was in um, no, Wisconsin, they had it for like thirty dollars. So I bought it for thirty dollars. I thought it was cheap. It looked but cheap, but I liked the I, I liked the, the idea of it though. Yeah, Ascension was the one that came with the Kratos yeah. statue. Um, it was like eighty dollars when I saw the yeah. price. $80 for a Kratos statue and I got it. Yeah, that and was it, garbage. It's garbage. absolute trash, dude. Like, <laughs> garbage. So, yeah, so after that, I kind of just stopped trusting Sony with uh, their statues. To be I fair, always felt like they're... you bought a statue for one of the worst God of War games there is. Hey, I, I loved Ascension. I thought I had the best story <laughs> out, of the, out of the trilogy, to be honest with you. It did. It did. But... But yeah, so like that's why I never bought the the new God of War collector's edition because it had a statue of them. Like their statues just don't interest me. They're so basic and bland. Like 
they're just not doing anything. And I'm fine with characters just standing there doing nothing, but have it a meaningful statue. Like, I want to say, like, the Assassin's Creed statue, Assassin's Creed 2's Collector's Edition. You have Ezio doing the iconic assassin pose. That means something to the franchise, whereas these, to me, don't mean anything. I don't know. Am I getting, like, too technical with it? No. I feel like no. I I don't know. Everyone like this is why I didn't buy the Dragon Ball Fighters Collector's Edition. I didn't buy the Xenoverse Two Collector's Edition because, to me, just another Goku statue that's trash, you know. Whereas I bought the Kakarot one because it's unique, it's different, it's cool, it's a diorama. It's Goku flying on the Nimbus with Gohan and the T Rex chasing him. It's a story. The statue is yeah. telling a story. Um. That's why I bought that one. So a lot of statues and a lot of collector's editions to me these days, they have to be meaningful. This is why I'm not buying the Resident Evil 3 collector's edition. Because as much as I love Jill, she's my favorite character in the franchise, the statue is just pretty blah to me. For And for a price of almost $300 for that? No, thank you. So yeah, sorry to go off on a collector's edition tangent. Oh, no, that's fine. Fine. <laughs> I mean, I can't say much. I'm paying £260 for Pharmacy 7, so... Yeah, and you're not even getting a statue. You're getting the no. fucking movable action figures. Yeah. <laughs> by the way... That, I, I definitely don't pay money for those. By the way, I'm frustrated that there's some DLC announced for Pharmacy 7 Remake that seems to be exclusive for America right now. I'm sorry, Ben. Because if you buy delicious Butterfingers... I don't know if they're delicious or not. I can't eat them. Crunch or something else that I always forget the name of. You you could you've got this is the worst part. You've got to take a picture of your receipt and then email it to the company, and then you get a chance to win DLC. A chance? Well, no. What it was? Isn't there a limited amount? Is that I think they start off with a thousand at first. Yeah. So it was a limited amount, so the first thousand would get it. Yeah. But I think some of them are. Permanent, like I think the the Tifa dynamic theme that you get, yeah. uh, everybody gets that one. That's available for everybody who does yeah. it. But yeah, I think it's also random. They give you a random item of the yeah. of the bunch. So that's why they're able to do a you limited number, but in quantities. That if probably you have to spend sixteen dollars to get everything. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you have Fantasy fourteen. And you pre-ordered the digital version of Pharmacy Seven, you'll get an exclusive theme for your PlayStation. So I think that's pretty cool as well. So mm-hmm. if you, I, I own the physical copy, and I have so I won't get the theme. Yay, physical! Thanks, <laughs> 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 uh, <coughs> Square. Also, if you pre-ordered Pharmacy Seven at the Square Enix store, you get a free lanyard. So that's pretty cool. I can wear uh, that at fan the, the Shenra Corporation badge, right? Hopefully. Uh, I, if it isn't, I'd be sad, but I want to wear that. Walk around FanFest with it, with my poop hat. <laughs> yeah, I think you get like a lanyard of like, uh, employee badge for the Shenra Corporation. Yeah, I can be in the, I can be a, a corporate shill. Yes, Yay. and people can throw stuff at you. <laughs> like money! <laughs> You should, you should find someone's dog and dress it up as Red Thirteen. But he's not a <laughs> dog; he's a wolf. Yeah, a wolf. but you're not gonna get a wolf from anybody. So, 
I'll leave it to Scarborough, probably. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, can you transform really quick for me? <laughs> I need a werewolf right now. Just need to dye your head red. Dye your uh, red. <laughs> Look at my red 13. He is, he is nice. He's a good boy. Jesus, Ben. <laughs> uh, you know what Psycho is? Hideko oh, Kamiya wants to make a God Hand sequel. Uh, they made a God Hands 2, right? No. God Hand was the only one they wrote. God Hand is making a sense. I can't quit myself. I want to make a sequel super. I have never done a produce. So he still wants to make a second one. No, he loved the first one. I want to... <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> oh, wow. That came out of nowhere. Uh, God Hand was developed by Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami. Yeah, it, it was... A game that reviewed terribly. It has one of the lowest, I think, Rotten Tomato scores. Or not Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, Metacritic scores. But it was loved by people who actually played it. <laughs> so critics hated it, consumers loved it. It's, it's one of those games. Ah, yes. I actually thought it was pretty fun. Like, it's just you beating the shit out of people in the most ridiculous ways imaginable. And trust me, they were ridiculous. That's good. Yeah, there's one scene. I think uh, JP actually shared it, shared it, shared it on Discord. Where he walks in the room and he gets attacked by like five people, and like he punches one guy, he goes flying through the air out of the hotel room. He hits another guy, he goes through the wall, flying out of the hotel, and he hits like the other two. And the same thing happens, and then he looks at the fifth guy, and the fifth guy is, like, scared of him, and he just jumps and flies out of the room instead. <laughs> In, like, the most ridiculous way, so instead you, of getting hit. So what you're saying is just basically JoJo Bizarre Adventure, the video game? Uh, pretty much, yeah. If you had a JoJo's <laughs> game without the license, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was a fun game. Alfonso, you got anything to say about God Hand 2 possibly being a thing? Yeah, not really. No. Yeah, I I don't see I don't see Capcom ever funding the sequel to that game because no. it's not so well at all. I mean, they could do Kickstarter like they did for Wonderful One Hundred One, which yeah. was a big surprise in my opinion. Well, as long as they get the rights to it, because Nintendo at least gave them the rights to do it. So yeah. it depends on if Capcom will be like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, by the way, while we're talking about remakes. And remasters, uh, Kitas, uh, Kit, Kit, talks about the Final Five remake. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you out, Ben. Where is the article? K I T A S E, Sam. Just send me the article. Fine. <laughs> ah, damn it! Now I've copied the, the picture of Cooler. Over the oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Remake a cooler world, please. Yoshinaro. <clears throat> I'm rubbish with names. Yoshinaro Kitsasi. Okay. Okay, so first of all, you have Yoshinari. to. Yoshinari. <laughs> so, first of all, Yoshinari. you have to promise you're not going to write an article saying Square Enix is remaking Fantasy Something Something. It's just a purely a personal opinion. But we did that, uh, with that caveat in place, Final Fantasy VII, I worked on myself, was fairly 
has been remade with a more realistic kind of approach, so I think it'd be quite interesting to do a 5 remake someday. You know what they should do instead? 6. Oh, thank six. you, man. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we also learned that Red isn't playable in the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I, I gave Gary that blow earlier on. Yeah, you did. You ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> and they heard you the back. Hey, he doesn't want their team playable. Let's follow Chewie, the legend of Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. As I said before, I'm going to say that Red 13 would be playable in the Part 2 remake. What if he's never playable, Ben? What if they're like, we don't know how to make Red 13 playable because he's a quadruple. Well, they've already said that they've changed that. how his combat system works with his weapon, so. Yeah, you know what they should do? Not let me play as Kate Sith. I'll be okay with that. No, Kate Sif's one of the best characters. He has the phone to smack people with. Oh, yeah, that they can figure out how to make it work. <laughs> but a quadruped with a giant jaw that crushes shit, that's too hard to do. Well, no, you're talking about his claws. hairpin. <laughs> oh, my God, Remember, his, his weapon was his hairpin. That was just a weapon you equip on him. You don't actually see him using it. <laughs> that's because the graphics <laughs> were so limited. Oh, so now he's going to fight with the hairpin? What, he's going to just take it out? No, he doesn't and put fight. it in his mouth and attack you with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first weapon you get is a bobby pin. Or is that the <laughs> ultimate? <laughs> well, you got rid of, they've got rid of hairpins for him now. Yeah, he's going to get the afro brush. That's gonna <laughs> no, he be gets collars. <laughs> they've said in an interview that Red 13 gets equipable collars. Jesus. All they had to do, if they wanted to give him a weapon, just freaking knife or something to put in his mouth <laughs> and attack with it. Was it that hard to do? Give him a knife. He doesn't even need weapons. He's got natural weapons. <laughs> Jeez, man. Give his him a jaw, gun. his claws, his fiery tail that's on fire. Use it. <laughs> Give him <Right>. a gun. <laughs> oh, but no, I still think Red 13 will be playable in the next part. The only reason why it's probably not playable in this part is because it's right near the end of the remake demo. Re remake, because of the fact that it, yeah, it's when you that, leave a ship. That would have been the perfect time to give you a glimpse of how awesome he was going to be. And that's why he fights with you as a guest character. Oh, so you get the water. That's like, oh, never mind. I didn't want to talk. <laughs> so you can see how, you, you asked how, see how awesome he is. That, 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 yeah, that's yeah. how you see how awesome he is. And then you get to Yeah, play the last him. time they did that, they did it with Grey Fox. And then they showed Grey Fox in Metal Gear Solid 4. And I was like, oh shit, I get to play as a ninja. And never well, Grey Fox was in Metal Gear 1, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. So, Metal Gear 1 and As the ninja. And then they, they showed the ninja in Metal Gear And then Metal oh, Gear shit. 2, they technically had or a four, rip-off of him. So you thought you got to put his Raiden in this cool Grey Fox style, and it never happened. Well, to be fair, you just said cool and Raiden in the same sentence, so... I'm sorry. Ah... <laughs> uh... So yeah, Fantasy V Remake. You know what, I'll take it. I never played 1 to 6 really, so... Well, I played 1 a lot. I loved 1. So... Uh, now this is something that I thought would be already out because of the way the game is, but... Death Stranding's getting a photo mode. Alfonso, will you go back and play Death Stranding but to take pictures? Never played Death Stranding, so this doesn't apply to me. Uh, uh, Gary, are you going to replay Death Stranding and take pictures? Replay Death Stranding, Ben? Really? 
I have no desire to buy Death Stranding, um, and I'll only ever probably play it if it comes to PlayStation Plus. To be honest with you, true. So none of true. us have taken played it, taken pictures. <laughs> no, here's the thing with photo mode, Ben. I've given up on photo mode, and I hope I never have to use it in any video game ever again because all whatever it does is stop me from playing the game. Because the moment I rotate the camera, I have to take a picture of shit, and I never get to finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. I hate it so much. But I um, love it at the same time. Now, one of the bigger articles for the week, and why I've been really excited for, to be honest, I haven't used my BR in so long, but I'm really excited for this because the idea of this sounds amazing to me. Uh, Team 20 wants to do a real PSVR mechanic, uh, MMO, Alicia gameplay mechanics. An MMO in VR sounds like God God to me. Um, I had a little bit of a talk telling about all the different. There's going to be uh, each area contains bosses, dungeons, caves, large outdoor. Uh, there's a huge YouTube video here on this PSU.com article. Go check out the to check out the Team Twenty One Studio review by um, Eric. Uh, the idea of an MMO VR game sounds good. I know they tested. Fantasy 14 in VR, but the idea got scrapped, which sucks. So, the first idea was like a battle system, um, which never really worked because of the way the battle system works in 14. But then they also did like a fan service room where it was just a load of Makoe girls or any race you wanted, in, and you could go into the room in VR. That also got cancelled, so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Alfonso, would you try an MMO in VR? I would, but that seems time consuming. It's, it's bad enough how long MMOs are, you know, just playing a regular. In VR, yeah, that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of um, devotion. And with all these games coming out, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I can't be certain for sure. But it, it is interesting. It, it is interesting. What about you, Gary? I am very excited for the thought of an MMO in VR, but I don't think it's ready for it. Um, I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you. Um, I think VR has a lot of issues. All of them do, not just PSVR. Um, I think uh, the recogni recognition of your arm movements, uh, the fact that a lot of them still require a camera to detect you, things like that, uh, I still think play a big role this time, uh, at least this early in VR. I still think VR is very early in development. Um, okay. So I am excited for the thought of it, but as of right now, like I just watched the video just right now, I was watching like just jumping forward a little bit of this game and it looks fun yeah. but the problem is is <clears throat> mmos require as you know ben teamwork yeah and very timed teamwork um specific spells have to be cast at a certain time specific actions yeah. have to be done at a specific time i think it might be a little too difficult uh for people to grasp it in in an mmo right now um, or even, even for the developers to do. Like, I don't know when this is coming out, but I feel like this is going to be a long ways off. Um, 
Unless it's, it's a simple MMO, like, you know, you just yeah. hunt little monsters here and there, go into a little dungeon. Uh, things that I'm not talking about, every MMO has to be on the scale of, you know, World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, this could be a smaller MMO with little things to do. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel like, as of right now, VR is just not ready for an MMO. I mean, they haven't even been able to do other genres yet in an MMO. Like, realistically, what MMO games have we gotten that from genres that work just fine? If you really look at it, it's a lot of the slower-based ones. You have Skyrim VR, which I feel is a very slower-based action game action-adventure game. Um, you had Doom VFR, which wasn't really what people thought it should be. People were expecting to go in and play, you know, Doom on it, yeah. which is not what they got. So a lot of VR games right now are very slow-based. A lot of them are mostly adventure puzzle games. So I just don't feel like VR is ready for, for something as massive as an MMO. Like... I think the next step for them, like if this studio is making this game, I think another studio should look at what they're trying to do and be like, hey, you know what we can do with VR? Maybe do something more turn-based, in my opinion, rather than a full-on MMORPG, do like a four-player co-op RPG, but make it turn-based. Like well, say, maybe a Dungeons & Dragons type game. Yeah. Where you go into a dungeon and you have these specific things you can do, rules to follow. To be and honest, it's turn based. They're gonna do. You could do Fantasy Eleven in VR then, because Eleven wasn't turn. It wasn't completely turn based, but it was very turn basey. Mm-hmm. Um, you were basically apart from certain abilities, which didn't really do a um, damage that much. The only time you actually did damage was with weapon skills. You auto attacked any other time. So. You're just the only thing you do is try and time out with teammates with the the abilities, but the amount of time the time it take for all of them, yeah, it, that would probably work the best out of all the modern actually a fast paced modern MMO. Yeah, like it's, it's it's funny to me. Like a lot of people say, like, oh, there isn't like this killer game on VR that forces me to buy it. There's not this. And it's like I don't know. I I feel like people expect them to make a VR game where they can go in and play Call of Duty at 60 frames a second uh, in VR. I think that's what people are expecting. Or play God of War in VR or Horizon. And it's just not possible. <laughs> like, nobody can do that right now uh, with, with the way the VR's headsets are set up right now. None of them can achieve that kind of fluidity at all. Um, maybe next gen they'll be able to with PSVR 2 and whatever comes next. Well, it's not even the hardware of the headset that is the problem. Well, it is a little bit, but it's the hardware of the console. <clears throat> it's limited even with that right now. Yeah, like I said, VR is literally in infancy stages now. Yeah, it's yeah. been out for a while, Yeah. but it's going to be a lot longer. You're going to have to wait a lot longer. Like, I'm sorry to say, like, there's just really nothing they can really do to... To, to really give you that experience that I assume people are imagining in their head. Like, I'm sure when they announced PSVR was coming, I'm pretty sure people are like, oh, I can't wait to play Uncharted in VR. It's like, are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> like, that's probably what consumers are thinking, and developers are like, 
hey, check this game out where you can roll this ball around on the beach in VR. <laughs> so, yeah, to me right now, VR is very early. I think, in my opinion, the best PlayStation PlayStation VR game was Astrobot Rescue Mission. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard so much good thing about that. I, I reviewed that game. I gave it a 9.5. Uh, that is literally the closest thing to Mario you're going to get on a PlayStation, but you also got to do it in amazing VR. Um, and, like, if Nintendo ever does VR, like, that's how I would imagine a Mario being in VR is Astrobot, because it worked incredibly well in VR. All you are is you're just the camera for the character running around, um, and it's amazing. Just imagine playing Mario 64 for example, or a Super Mario Sunshine, or even Odyssey, but instead of rotating the camera with the right analog stick, you rotate it with your head. That's literally what it was, and it was awesome. You had to, like, peek behind corners with your head to see if there's hidden items there. It was really fun that way. Um, they nailed what, in my opinion, VR works well at, was a camera angle. I mean... Right now, almost all these games, like action games, adventure games, shooting games, they're all in the first-person perspective. Um, and I don't think they need to be in first-person. Like, I want, like, if, if this MMO was happening, I'd rather it be in third-person perspective. And I'm just the camera in VR looking around. I'll be okay with that. Um, but for now, almost every VR game I've seen is from a first-person perspective. And... Okay. I'm kind of tired of it, to be honest with you, because I'm tired of seeing my disembodied hands floating around the air. But, yeah, that's my thought on this game and MMOs and VR right now. Sorry. Again, on a tangent. I'm a tangent today. That's fine. You know what's next, though? Metacritic points and stuff. Do, 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 do. Well, hold on, Ben. Hold on, Ben. You yeah. skipped past this Final Fantasy V thing pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even get Alfonso's thoughts Alfonso, on this. Alfonso, what do you think? Final Fantasy um, I'll write it, like you said, I'll write a six. I, I didn't really care for five. Um, yeah, I'll write a six. That's, that's it. But <laughs> before Metacritic, right. I have to ask you, Gary, because you're the only one that played Resident Evil 3. How do you feel that Nemesis can now break into safe rooms? Um, that's not 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> when that news broke, obviously everybody reported on it. But then after Capcom confirmed to a point that he can't break into the rooms, but then he, they also said he can. So there's a lot of confusion about what's really going on. <laughs> I'm going to say both. I'm going to say both. Mm-hmm. Please continue. Uh, chances are he won't be able to break in a safe room during normal gameplay, but there's probably going to be story parts where he'll break into them. Possibly. I am under the assumption where he won't be able to, but if you play on, yeah. say, hardcore difficulty, he will. Yeah. So, I'm okay with this. But, like, okay, let me answer your question the way you originally asked. If he can break into the safe rooms, I think that's awesome. Because yeah. that gives you no time to do anything. you got to be quick. you got to think yeah. on your feet. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. 
I had to do it with Mr. X, sure, when I got to a safe room, I was okay, but technically, I couldn't get to a safe room in Resident Evil 2 Remake if I was too far away from it, and I just went into a room just to avoid him, and he just went in. That was cool. So I had to outsmart him. I had to run around the entire goddamn hallway of the police department (laughs) just to get away from him (laughs) four times. And I was okay with it. Obviously, Nemesis is a different beast. He's got the ability to run. He has a rocket launcher. He has a flamethrower. Who knows what other weapons he's going to be able to use. Um, So I'm okay with it because that's what made 3 so fun was the idea that there's this thing that can constantly appear out of nowhere and attack you. And what's great about Nemesis in the remake now is that it creates a different type of fear and tension, I guess you can say. Like, Resident Evil 2 had a lot of cool ambiance type of fear in it. And obviously the fear of Mr. X, you can hear him walking around in the distance and when he's going to appear, when he's going to appear. This, with Nemesis, kind of creates that feeling of dread where you're not safe anywhere and you always have to be on your toes. And it also kind of brings back the, the, the fear I had when I played games like Clock Tower. Um, mm. Where... You know, in that game, you couldn't fight back. You had to run from your enemy. You had to hide from your enemy. Uh, obviously, I won't be able to hide in this game. I would assume not like I did in Clock Tower. But the idea that I'm fighting something that I cannot possibly stop, randomly appearing, coming after me all the time, I think creates a different type of fear. Because um, it's a fear that's lingering, always there. It's like, is he going to appear? Is he going to appear? I got to get through these three zombies. What if he shows up? You know, and I think that kind of fear really gets the adrenaline running, and I'm excited for it. I really am. I'm excited for that type because everybody always says like in horror games now or even movies like, oh, everybody relies on these jump scares. That's because technically that's all that works anymore. Yeah. To create fear in a different way, to create horror in a different way, like one that I just mentioned with tension and constant dread is is very difficult to do so hopefully they nail it because Resident Evil 3 isn't necessarily a scary game it wasn't originally and it probably won't be here it's very it was more actually yeah yeah it was way more actually but now having something constantly there constantly making you look over your shoulder I think is going to create something different mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome I'm excited Nice, nice. Okay, anything else, Alfonso? Um, last thing. Um, HBO is creating a Last of Us show. Woo! Yay. Thoughts? Pass. It'll probably be on Netflix here, so I might watch it. <laughs> ben. Well, we don't have HBO here, so. And most of the mm. HBO programs go to Netflix. So. Nice. I'm to excited. Me, to me, um, yeah, I'm excited. But to me, it's like did this following what Netflix did with The Witcher, um, and Fantasy Fourteen. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> it's I don't know. I I have to see how how it turns out. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. I mean, Last of Us does well, so 
why not make a show about it? This is a popular game, so why not make a show about it? So Yeah, yeah I mean it. it's being done from the creator of Chernobyl, the HBR series Chernobyl. Oh, which nice. if you haven't seen is really good and actually very terrifying at the same time. Um it's also being done by the creators of the game. Neil Druckmann is involved heavily in this development. So, oh, again... Good. Okay, now I've got hope in it. Yeah, I'm, again, <laughs> excited for it. Um, yeah. If it follows Joe and Ellie, that's a different story. Um, we'll see if it maybe takes place in the same world with different characters, which I'm actually all for. Yeah, um, that's the only reason... only thing I'm really disappointed about in Last of Us 2... Because when he said at the end of Last of Us, it's like, yeah, there'll be future Last of Us games. But chances are they'll follow different characters in different parts of the world. But then we found out Last of Us 2 is Alien. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm right there with you, Ben. Like, I never wanted a sequel to The Last of Us for that particular reason. Like, I did not. Like, I thought their story ended perfectly. Yeah. Um, did he lie to her? Well, he did lie to her, but did she know that he lied to her? How did she really feel? I think it was the perfect ending. Um,. They should have. Not everything needs to be explained. Not everything needs to be explained. It's the reason why the last season of Doctor Who was shit. Not everything (laughs) needs to be explained. Then, Uh, but yeah, no. If it does, if if the show is, you know, uh, a show of the first game, I guess you can say. um, Casting will be interesting to see. I honestly think they've already had Joe and Ellie in the movie. It was called Logan. Um, just get them two back. <laughs> just get the two of them back, uh, and you'll have your cast right there. And I will be more than happy with with that cast right there. Hugh Jackman and uh, the girl who played X twenty three from Logan. Yeah, that to me that that cast is done. I'm okay with that. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I said I, I don't got no more news stories. No worries. So let's go to Metacritic points and stuff and things. We picked three games last week, and one of them I didn't expect to even get reviewed, but it did. But we'll start with the one that Gary suggested, Mega Man Zero Collection. Mm-hmm. Which, hopefully I picked the right game because there was quite a lot of them pop up, but... Gary gave it an 82. I gave it 85. But guess who got it right? 100%. Oh, my God. Alfonso with 80. (laughs) You stole it, you you thief. (laughs) That means you get a whole two points because you got 100% correct. 100% 100% on the dot, on the spot, on the number. You gotta make sure you got the right games. <laughs> and then we had the new romance of the kingdom. Uh, make sure I got that right, actually. Uh, romance of kingdom. God damn it, Matter Quick. What the hell? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Son of a bitch, he'll get her right then. Look at him. I think we should go off of the Nintendo Switch version. Because <laughs> that one was 83, and I think I deserve that one. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll go off that if we were a Switch podcast. Oh, wait there, we're not. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this because I don't know if I actually got this right. Because when I write Romance of the Three Kingdoms, I only get the 2016 pop-up. Uh, one second, let me check the past. Let me go back to the past. It's oh, yeah, 14, there it is. Right? I found it. I found it. Yeah. <coughs> Romance <coughs> of the Kingdoms 14. Um, let me just... Edit this. Yeah, we've got 40. I know one edit, it's just the spreadsheet isn't long enough. Uh, it got. Well, let's go with Gary. You went with 78. I went with 85. Alfonso went with 70. But the score was 74, which means technically Alfonso is the closest without going over. Woo! Because, because it's four points between. Alfonso and 74, and four, betwe- four points between Gary and 74. Now, Alfonso, do you want to be nice and give Gary... Do you want to split half point each? We could do that. Since is in the middle, we could do that, yeah. Yeah, I'm just giving the officer that way Gary doesn't feel like he's getting robbed. Yeah, because Gary will not... There you go, Gary. You don't have to do that, Alfonso. It's fine, Gary. It's fine. There you go. Gary, because... you got half you got half point each because you're in between. You literally were four points each. So I will make sure at the end of the year you do not win this season. So <laughs> And don't worry, Gary. And then of course we got one punch man, a hero nobody knows. <laughs> the greatest video game made by mankind. Said nobody in any review. Um Gary gave it sixty two. Alfonso gave it 74, but me, with my big brain strats, gave it 60, and guess what it got? <laughs> 60! So I get two points. So that leaves the tie, the, the, uh, the, the scores right now as Gary with four and a half points, Alfonso with four and a half points, and me oh, with four Lord. points. So, if Somehow I get a half point with. (laughs) But don't worry, Gary, you can win next week's easily. Because we've got two games next week that I could find. Well, one of them is an expansion pack, so. But I think because of what game it is, it's probably going to get good. It's going to get scores anyway. First, we've got ESO, aka The Elder Scrolls Online, Harrowstorm. Gary. Is that even a good review? I don't know, but there's no many other games out coming out next few next week that will be big enough titles. So mm. unless you think jump, step, step, and well, MLB the show maybe actually, yeah. I'll put that. Uh, my hero one justice two is coming out. Yeah, but you want me to get another two points for getting that right again? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, 
Yeah, what was the game again? Elder Scrolls Online Harrowstorm. 70. Because it's a bit, it might be an expansion, but it's still pretty big because it's Elder Scrolls. Uh, Alfonso. 76. I'm going to go with, because there was a lot of hype because it's Skyrim based. I'm going to go with like an 85. Because it's based on the world of Skyrim, so. And you know how much everyone loves Skyrim. They must do because they buy it enough. Oh, hiccups. Now, this game, Gary, if you don't get right, I might take away the half a point I gave you this week. Wow! (laughs) Wow! Neo 2. (laughs) You don't have to get 100% right, but if you get... You you don't even have to win. As long as you're close to it. (laughs) Because it's the game that you really, really, really like, so... Gary, what would you give it? I could go with... 89. By the way, this is not his review score. This is just a general idea. So anyone that's looking at that thinking that's the way his review is going to be, no, it's not. This is just for this. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to get that disclaimer Uh, out there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, I'm going to go with... Actually, I'm going to go with 90. Okay. Alfonso. I'm going with 87. I'm going to go with 85. Because I, I don't feel like it's going to get much higher than 90, and I don't want to get this, put the same points as Alfonso because I don't want to steal his idea. I so, don't care. Yeah, but I don't. I've, I'd rather have a chance to have different numbers. Different numbers well, means... Just so you guys know, the first one is sitting on an 88. Nice. There is a chance. There's a chance that you could get 90. Or there's a chance that it could be, most of them could be 87 and then Alfonso gets two points. <laughs> hey, your hero, Jim Sterling, gave it a perfect score, the first one, so. Ah, true. Good old Jim. <laughs> so, that's the end of this week's podcast. Alfonso, have you got any shout outs and uh, any messages for people? Oh, Shout how can they contact you, you? Sorry. Shout out to you guys, Ben and Gary. Um, it sucks that none of us was on last week. So it was good to be on this week recording you guys. It was so much fun to record with you. I miss you all. Shout out to all, to all the listeners, to all the followers. Um, happy to celebrate my seven and a half year anniversary with Shannon yesterday. And looking forward to many more. You can follow me on Twitter at AliShan7. Uh, Gary. Yes, you can reach me at Gagaush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H on Twitter. Uh, shout outs to you guys as always. Thank you for having me on. It's always fun. It's always a pleasure. Um, sorry for my random tangents today. Um, I tend to go off on them when I'm hallucinating and I'm drugs. It's fine. It was we, fun. We go drugs for the sake of my health. Yeah. <laughs> All of them are legal. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'd like to shout out to both Alfonso and Gary for being on. It's been fun. Uh, I'd like to shout out to Maelstrom Radio. Go check them out at twitch.tv says Maelstrom Radio. I know that Susan from Maelstrom Radio listens to the podcast. Hi, Susan. Everyone say hi to Susan. 
Hello, what's Susan. up, Susan? What's your name? What's your last name? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do not answer that. That's it. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Hi, Susan. Thanks for listening. Uh, I do a shout out to uh, everyone that listens. And I also like to promote Google Go Round. We're really close to 200 followers. We're coming at 196 out of 200. Also, we're at 13 out of 15 Twitch subs. So if you do have Amazon Prime, please go over to Moogle Go Round Radio on Radio and give us a little subscription. It'll give us money, and you'll take money away from Amazon. So that means that's good, right? Amazon doesn't need that money. So go go check out Twitch.tv. Just Google go around radio. I'll be streaming the whole of Fantasy Seven when that comes out next month. Um, we've got a streaming schedule where um, my co-host streams on the Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I stream Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So yeah, well, Thursday's a dual stream. So anyway. Go check out twitch.tv says Mugogamra Radio. Also go check out twitch.tv says Mousham Radio. Also check out twitch.tv says She Hills and Tank. Also check out twitch.tv Gather Together. Also check out all the wonderful Twitch out there. I can't name them all. Like Glory Geist. Anyway, until next time. Uh, go game gamers. Bye. 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 Fantasy Fury Casifra Window.